You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a tremendous football Thursday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. It is You Better You Bet, and it is you here on the BetQL Network, simulcast for the next two hours by our friends at Stadium. And we got a badass two hours of wagertainment coming your way, getting you set to bet and win this weekend, National Football League and Conference Championship weekend in college football. Our friend Adam Chernoff is going to join us in just a moment, but Connor Allen comes up in 20 minutes from 4 for 4 in Betsperts, giving us his favorite prop bets for Week 13 in the NFL. Joey Kanish, baby, pro sports better, joins us next hour, giving us all his college football bets for the weekend. We'll continue breaking down the NFL uh, postseason award markets. We touched on MVP a lot in hour number one. If you missed that and you'd like to get Ken Barkley's thoughts, the GOAT of award betting, Ken Barkley, all his thoughts on NFL Most Valuable Player, just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts, and you can find all of Ken's thoughts there in hour number one of the show. We'll talk offensive player, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, comeback player of the year. A lot of good stuff for us to still get to over the balance of the program. And then the final hour of the show, the power hour, all our bets for tonight, NHL, NBA, college hoops, and side total and props for the Cowboys and Seahawks kicking off week 13 in the NFL. And joining us right now to talk week 13 in the NFL, we'll get his thoughts for tonight's game and the rest of the slate coming up this weekend is our good friend, Adam Chernoff on Twitter at his name at Adam Chernoff. Adam hosts the Simple Handicap Podcast, which is an awesome daily NFL betting podcast, which I encourage all our listeners and viewers to check out. Churn has been coming on with us for years and supports us. Check out his podcast, The Simple Handicap, and support him. He also does good work with our friends at Right Angle Sports, and they have an app, the Right Angle Sports app. It's a free download featuring insight and commentary from pro bettors on everything happening in the NFL. Churn is kind enough to send me some of his write-ups sometimes for games, and it's really good stuff, and I'm not just saying that, so I would encourage people to check it out, and Churn joins us here on a Thursday. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? Going well. It's always good when things are going well results-wise, but it's always good when I can talk with you guys too. So it's a good Thursday all the way around. 
Adam, let's, uh, why don't we start with tonight's game? Nick and I did a little bit on it. We were talking about MVP, obviously, in the last couple segments. Can't do that without talking about Dak Prescott a little bit, who's been awesome recently, and he'll play Jalen Hurts next weekend. Maybe that game's for the most valuable player, or we'll see. But before he can get to that game, got to put away Seattle. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Dallas at home, nine, nine-and-a-half. The total's 47-and-a-half. Uh, what do you like tonight? Uh, I like rooting for you, Ken. I, I'm rooting for well, the Dak Prescott you. MVP Thanks. tickets that you've yeah. got going on. So hopefully it's a big uh, second week in a row with the statement game for your 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 cause for the Prescott MVP ticket. So I'll be rooting for that. Uh, something else I'll be rooting for. And I don't want Mr. Brown behind the scenes to end up clipping this and putting it on social because I'm going to look silly when it doesn't hit. But we were talking pre-show. I, it's It's such a square play. And I'm gonna I'm gonna own it hundred percent. I will live and die with it. I'm going JSN over 43 and a half yards tonight. It is the homecoming game for him as the rookie, born and raised in Dallas, was a Cowboys fan. He had the pictures as a kid in the Cowboys gear. He talks about going to games. He wanted to be drafted by them. It it's just I'm a sucker for the homecoming angles. So we got that tonight with JSN. But there's also to be fair, some sort of subjective analysis that we can look at. Carroll wants Gino to get the ball out of his hand quicker. He wants to get JSN more involved, potentially tight ends. So that kind of supports it too. And we've seen some pro money unlock it under. So it's not just it's not just only a square play, but I'll live and die with it. But the whole whole game is going to depend on Geno Smith versus this defense. Uh, struggles a ton versus man. That's what Dallas plays. We know what the Cowboys offense has been doing. Uh, it's just a matter of can Geno hang around in the pocket and do something, and, and my hope is he does with JSN helping him out. So that's really the long and short of it. I think the number is right on the side, and I think the total is pretty good now at 47 as well. I got to tell you, like, that locket number is so low, and, like, I turn off telling you the reason why, right, Probably like, professionals seem to be betting as it's a really low. He's off the injury report. That one's a little interesting to me. We'll talk about that coming up in the final hour of the show, the Power Hour. All right, that's Churn's thought coming up tonight for the Cowboys and Seahawks. Mike Brown is already hard at work clipping that off and we're going to post it at you better. Once he goes one catch for three yards, I know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what guess it is. What, I guess, what, guess what, Adam? It happens to me every week. All right, let's get Churn's <laughs> thoughts on the game. Game's coming up on Sunday, my friend. Let's go to the uh, to the NFC South, where as I'm looking at my odds board right now at BetMGM, looks like the Carolina Panthers with Chris Tabor as the interim head coach, Frank Reich fired. Uh, Carolina getting bet even a little bit right now. Like maybe we'll see a five. I'm not a huge move, but just worth noting. And so Tampa in between a five and a half, uh, five and five and a half point home favorite. Total here is 37. Churn, what do you like here in this NFC South tilt? I hate to throw a Simpsons reference, but there's the clip where it's. I've been calling her Crab Apple. I've been calling Tabor Tavor the entire week on media. So oh, no. it's good. To- Maybe you're right. By the way, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. It, we had the same dilemma with uh, Tyson another Bajan. player. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes, and, exactly and I was wrong was. about that one also. And I'm calling him Tyson Pajen <laughs> for three weeks while he's starting and winning games. So, well, we're stuck in between. But either way, Tabor Tavor, he's going to help out. Um, and I know we've gone back and forth with the Panthers when they had the play color change earlier in the season. They got the win that next week against Houston. Um, here's a couple things going on here. So just before I came on, Godwin hit the injury report, re-aggravated his neck. Baker Mayfield has been very limited at practice. He will, Mayfield's going to play, but his ankle's not 100%. Um, so there's some injury issues for the Buccaneers on offense. They've got issues on defense, too. It's a massive role change for Tampa Bay as well. A lot of their games, they've been small underdogs or they've been just small favorites. 
Now they're laying a big number. And on the other side for the Panthers, it's, again, it's the motivational reset. Reich was a big problem. He's out. We've heard players all week. We want more RPOs in the system. We want the offense to change. And now it's like, yep, that's right. We're going to do it all. And we have Tepper mingling, which is never a good thing, but it's probably a decent thing this game because it's going to make Young more comfortable in the RPOs that he wants to have featured. And as this aggressive owner, he's going to get his way. And so I actually think it's a good showing from the Panthers. I think the number's too big for the Bucks, And this number's going to keep coming down. I really think we see as we get to the weekend, this get to four, four and a half. Um, so you're taking the number now. This is going to keep coming in as this Buccaneers injury situation unfolds. So uh, I like the Panthers here. And you can get a number that'll be better than close if you take it right now. Adam, we were talking about this uh, the Steelers-Cardinals game on Monday show, and we were kind of having, you know, not an argument, we were just having a discussion like, is is the Steelers' offensive performance, uh, obviously Matt Canada fired, they, they hadn't had the 400-yard offensive game, then they have one. Was that more about just, hey, it was like, first game, new coordinator, first game with a new offense, a bad defense maybe on the other side in the Cincinnati Bengals, or like, should we start thinking about Steelers games differently now going forward because Matt Canada's not the offensive coordinator? Should we start, you know, lining them differently? Can they win by margin in games now? Should the totals in their games be different? They used to be a brutal total kind of a game. What do do you kind of make of that? What do you expect from the Steelers offense? Game two with no Matt Canada here, home against the Cardinals, they're a five and a half point favorite. So I agree. I think it's a reset for the Steelers offense. I think we have to think about them differently. And I also really believe that this game is not priced correctly based off of that on the total because of that performance they had last week, 420 plus yards, but only ended up putting 16 points on the board. So we kind of have like a bit of a hidden reset, so to speak, coming off of that, that usually only applies to one game but I think it applies here too. So I like the over in this one at 41. And the reason that I think we have to look at this differently is just the offensive play calling and what Kenny Pickett was allowed to do. It's really incredible to look at the games with Matt Canada and the passing charts for Pickett and how every single throw, and that's not an exaggeration. I'm talking about one to two throws per game were between the numbers over the middle where quarterbacks are most comfortable. Everything for Pickett was out towards the sidelines. It was making it very hard on him consistently. And that really changed last game. And I think that's going to be a constant going forward. And the Steelers have a run game too that's been pretty consistent quietly under the radar as well. So I think it's a big difference. And I think we look at the Steelers differently. I like the over here as well at 41. I, I, I was hoping you were going to take the Cardinals so we could have said the dogs are barking right now. So I hear right. the dog in the bark right. Absolutely love it. You better, you better hear <laughs> Nick time, and Ken. On the, no, no, no that's, all, that's all good. Yeah. You, you know who doesn't care about whether like the show is live or not? Animals. And we completely understand. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on this Thursday. We're talking week 13 in the National Football League with our good friend Adam Chernoff. Churn is on Twitter at his name, at Adam Chernoff. Turn. Let's go to the uh, to the biggest game of the week in the National Football League, which is the Niners and the Eagles in Philadelphia. Uh, I think some people are surprised. All the media I do are like, "Wow, like San Francisco favored by three? How's that possible?" Uh, but they are a three point road favorite. The Niners are. The totals forty seven and a half. How are you betting the NFC Championship game rematch and maybe another NFC Championship game preview? So big sort of developments continue to go through today as we see that both Davis and Cox limited or non-participants at practice in the middle of the defensive line for the Eagles. The Philadelphia defense has actually quietly been trending the wrong direction the last couple of weeks. 
They've been so good against the run, and we're starting to see some weakness there. These linebackers are really struggling, and teams have been willing to throw on the secondary all season long. And so really starting to have questions about the Eagles' defense, especially if both of these guys are unable to go. Where I kind of struggle here on the side, though, is I believe a lot of what is being discussed from the spot and how the Eagles have played 160-plus snaps. It's the third game in 13 days. Niners off of the mini buy. The added motivation for San Francisco in the revenge spot. I really think we're starting to have all of that priced in with where this number is and what we are getting to with this game at three and what that would represent both of these teams being rated on a neutral field. And so the sort of intrigue or anything that I see from the side is really not there. What I'm starting to really consider and look at is this total, which has leaked up a little bit. It's now at 47 or 47 and a half. But as I start to sort of think about this game as the week goes on, you have a Niners defense that from the secondary side of things is a little bit weaker than what we're used to seeing from Niners teams. And then we just mentioned all these Philadelphia problems that they're having. And so if that pressure isn't there up front to give Brock Purdy trouble because you have these guys like Cox and Davis who might be out, then I think San Francisco is going to be really comfortable moving the ball on offense. And the Eagles playing from behind have shown a couple times this season in very small glimpses that they speed up a lot, become a lot more aggressive. They're a pretty active chase team trying to catch up on a deficit. And so I think all of those things lead themselves to kind of a compelling over within this game. Uh, But the number is certainly moving up. But that's kind of how I look at this big game that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I think we're, we'll probably talk about that. Those defensive line injuries, maybe when we do offensive player of the year coming up later. Like, is could Christian McCaffrey actually have like a really good game in this game? And like, what would ha- what would happen if that happened? It would certainly get very interesting. One more game, Adam. I know that you wanted to talk about. It. We have a couple minutes left. Uh, the Chiefs and the Packers, kind of like a, an interesting point spread, right? The Packers obviously coming off that Lions upset. Are they really going to contend for the last playoff spot in the NFC? Will they play a competitive game here against one of the best teams in the league? KC about six, six and a half, a little less than a touchdown uh, at Lambeau Field. What do we like here in about a minute and a half? I was surprised to see this get down as low as it did. And I know there's mostly the five and a halfs got taken up uh, before we came on air, but there are still a couple out there. And even at six, I, like I can't help but think that the Packers getting a little bit too much credit. Not only are they unlikely or they're, they're likely to be without Aaron Jones. He's unlikely to go um, AJ Dillon dealing with the grind injury. They've got now life without Musgrave, who was a favorite target for love. I, obviously he looked great on Thanksgiving against Detroit, but the lions switched and played a ton of man, which they don't do well. And it's just another one of these weeks where this Packers offensive uptick has happened it's it's a Lions defense that's really overrated. It was against a Chargers defense that's one of the worst in the league. They played the Rams, which aren't a good defense either. Uh, to me, against this Chiefs defense, which we know is one of the, the three best in the league, it's just such a step up in class. And the Chiefs, they're going to be able to run the football. It's going to be a Pacheco game in a big way. That takes a lot of burden off of Mahomes. I, I, just, I think there's too much credit being given to the Packers and their offensive uptick. I like the Chiefs here at six. I just, I really don't agree with the move and how this has trended during the week. I, I think we see Chiefs money come in as well before kickoff. All right, good stuff from Churn giving us his favorite bets for the week. Honestly, though, he's a little cowardly this week, is our pal Adam Chernoff. Trying to skate out of here is you better you bet weekly interview without talking about getting boiled 
with his New York Jets. Churn, are, are you betting the Falcons-Jets game? If you had to bet it, what would you do? The Jets got bet earlier today. This is now Atlanta minus two on the road at the Jets in, in like 20 Man, seconds. I, I don't know who was confident enough to take the Jets in that spot. I didn't think Boyle could be worse than Zach Wilson. I, he's worse than Zach really? Wilson, which is a crazy thing to say. And and I don't know. I, the run defense for the Jets has quietly been kind of shaky. I, I think Robinson has another big game for the Falcons I really need the Falcons to come through for the win totals I have on them. Uh, I just, I, I could never bet the Jets in this spot, as tempting as it might look. Is it? Is it tempting? I would yeah, say, I think to some, maybe. It was clearly tempting to me. somebody. I, that, that it, is, it's pretty is sick. Whoever took that that earlier today, I don't, yeah. I don't know what they're seeing, but man, that's I heard. It. I think it was, it was, uh, it was Krabby. I think Boyle's best friend who uh, put <laughs> right. that bet in on the Jets. Uh, Churns on Twitter at Adam Chernoff. Check out his betting NFL betting podcast, The Simple Handicap, and the Right Angle Sports app, featuring insight and commentary from pro betters. Everything happening in the NFL, my friend. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the games. Let's get a big night for Ken with Dak tonight. Oh, yes, Love that. Our, our pal Connor Allen coming up next. Prop bets for week 13. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Oh, it's Turpin. My goodness, Turpin gets the deep ball this time. Devontae Turpin. Yeah, the speed looked just like Cooks. I thought the same thing, and look at that. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Dak Prescott on some kind of tear right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe could win NFL most valuable player. We'll have to obviously slice and dice and carve up the uh, Seahawks defense like a Thanksgiving turkey coming up tonight. Uh, one week after he carved up the commander's defense like a Thanksgiving turkey to the point that Jack Del Rio got fired. Hashtag make Washington's defense great again. Connor Allen will join us in a moment, giving us all his favorite bets for tonight and for Week 13 in the National Football League. We'll get back to NFL awards coming up in 20 minutes. Got a lot of award markets to hit with myself and Ken Barkley. Can't wait to get to it. Joey Kanish still to come. Evan Silva still to come from Establish the Run. Can't wait to talk to Evan. And all our bets for tonight, including the Seahawks-Cowboys, plus NBA, NHL, College Hoops, Power Hour, Final Hour of the program. But joining us right now is the aforementioned Connor Allen. Uh, does great work for our friends at 4 for 4. And Betsperts, we had our guy Rick Camp on earlier this week, does great work for the same entities as well. Connor's podcast is Move the Line, a great NFL betting podcast featuring other friends of the show, John Daigle and Ryan Noonan, among others. Connor is on Twitter, at Connor Allen NFL. We urge you to follow him there. Tweets out tons of good stuff as it concerns betting on the National Football League. Also, uh, I don't think he's going to make the playoffs in the fantasy league that we're both in together. I am going no, to make no. the playoffs. Thanks to, uh, and I, I I didn't even realize this because I thought I had lost this matchup this week. I won my matchup, like, basically to get into the playoffs on the Zay Flowers touchdown run at the end of the game on Sunday. Like, I ended up winning by, like, two points in my matchup. So, anyway, Connor joins us on the show. What's up, buddy? Uh, good to have you on. It's Nick and Ken. <laughs> Happy Week 13. Yeah, nothing like a nice dunk on me uh, when I failed to make the playoffs in our fantasy league. Uh, I mean, it was a bad year. It was, it was a bad year. Bounce back strong next year, playing against a lot of sharp individuals. Uh, you excluded, but you know, congrats on making the playoffs there. Uh, you Thanks, know, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Now <laughs> we, we did, and, we, and I think you guys were talking before the show when I sat back down about uh, these Dallas like more than a touchdown point spreads. Nick was telling a story about betting a, a Dallas Thanksgiving game that closed more than a touchdown against Washington, and we had that kind of a setup. We had we had it on Thanksgiving. Dallas was a million point favorite. They won by a million and one and more or whatever. And uh, Thursday night tonight they'll play Seattle, and they're a pretty big favorite in that game too. Connor nine and a half with a total of 47 and a half, which like in today's NFL, 
like a big time total, like a high total, high scoring game projected. And Dak and the, the Dallas offense have been awesome. What do you what do you bet in Thursday night football? This could be side total or props. Yeah, I have two props that I really like. I played some Tyler Lockett unders right now. Uh, it's like really like 50 receiving yards. He struggled against man coverage so far this season, just 0.9 yards per route run, 19% target share. It's lower than DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba in both categories against man defense. Cowboys play, you know, one of the highest rates of man coverage. And when they're not, I mean, they're still a really good defense, getting a lot of pressure on Geno Smith, who's really struggled under pressure this year. Still not sure of his status either. So I think that's a good look on that side. And I am completely on an island. I totally understand what this next bet here, but I like Dak Prescott to go under his passing yards, looking at like two as high as two eighty four. Get off point. the show. Just hang up right yeah. now. Just get off the show. You're dead. You're I, dead I do me. have Dak MVP tickets too. I, I just to be fair, but I mean, this might be the highest number in Dak Prescott's career that I've seen from a passing yard prop. He is he's been awesome out of the bye. He's shredded some great teams or shredded some defenses here, but it's come against Washington, who's like the worst secondary in the league, 32nd explosive pass rate. He had 400 passing yards against the Giants, who have zero talent defensively, blitz a ton to play a ton of man, and then have then 374 against Philly, where they were in comeback mode against a secondary that can be exposed deep and plays a ton of man as well. His one like dud in between was 189 yards on 38 pass attempts against the Carolina Panthers, who play the second highest rate of zone defense in the league at 83%. The third highest rate is the Seattle Seahawks, who also play a lot of cover three. Panthers rank first in cover three rate as well. And Dak's man versus zone splits have been pretty pronounced throughout his career. He's not a very good anticipatory thrower at certain times, so he plays a lot better against man defense. And this Seattle secondary, while they've you know had their struggles early on, you know lately they've been playing really well. Just one quarterback to go over 250 passing yards since week four, since they got healthier here. So and their run defense hasn't been playing that well. Like last five weeks, allowing 5.3 yards per carry too. So I think Dallas maybe could run a smidge more than they have been. They've been passing like an insane amount. And even if they're not, I mean we just saw them throw 38 pass attempts against Carolina, throw for under 200 passing yards here. So yeah, I like Dax under here. I know again, I know I'll be at an island, but I think it's a good look. The Ken, which you didn't see, Ken off camera with his Connor Allen voodoo doll, just like jabbing the you know what out of that <laughs> yeah. thing for his bet on like Dak Prescott Seattle under secondary passing voodoo yards. doll. Play less cover three. He sucks <laughs> against it. Uh, Connor, that's, those are Connor's bets for Thursday night. Let's turn our attention, my friend, to Sunday. And let's talk about this Lions-Saints game in, uh, in the Big Easy where the Saints injury report just came out for today and, like, Chris Olave remains, oh, he's still in concussion protocol. Rashid Shaheed hasn't practiced, very unlikely to play. Michael Thomas on IR is going to be like Alvin Kamara, like Taysom Hill, and like Jawan Johnson, like catching the ball this week for uh, for Derek Carr in this, uh, this New Orleans Saints offense. Detroit, a four-point road favorite here. Any bets for you with the Lions? and the Saints yeah I like Detroit here and and for a couple of reasons like Detroit secondary has been exposed but a lot of it's been by like aggressive quarterback play and pushing the ball downfield we saw that with Jordan Love we've seen that in the past couple weeks but early in the season this Lions defense was top 10 in a lot of pass defense metrics because they're playing against bad teams and frankly I just think that this current Saints iteration in their pass offenses is not very good considering the weapons that they have at this point I mean like A.T. Perry is going to be you know they're number one receiver at this point it's looking like which is not a really good sign so i think that detroit is able to kind of slow them down defensively there and then uh offensively you know i, I kind of think what we've seen lately from them has been a little bit fluky in terms of turning the ball over as much as they have and not having a ton of success um also the saints defense like i think amon ross st brown is just like in could not be in a better spot here matching up against Alante taylor you know in the slot allowed like the most yards out of the slot in the league um, and so I, I really like the Detroit offense, like get going here too. So give me Detroit uh, minus four on the road. 
Connor, I was happy to see that you had a bet and, and wanted to talk about the Niners Eagles game. I mean, we we would have asked you about it anyway, because it's like one of the games of the year. But it's always nice when we ask you about a big game. It's like, I actually have something I really like here. Uh, interesting, I think, point spread market. I, and Nick brought this up, too. I think especially interesting, like for people that don't bet football, but are, are fans of the league or just like watching sports. I think their perception of what the Eagles are and the betting markets perception of what the Eagles are just to the two, like almost diametrically opposed things at this point where the perception of the Eagles team that made the Super Bowl last year obviously is still that good. And in the betting market, the perception is not even remotely close to that good, like actually much, much, much worse. And so kind of like what wins out, I guess, in, in a game like this, the Niners out to a full three point road favorite at most places, 47 and a half the total. Uh, what bets do we have here? Yeah, I got multiple texts from non-betting friends this week, you know, who are like, how are the Niners favorite? You know, like, and, and I'm like, well, they're the better team. You know, I think that they're like not only the better team, but I think that they have a lot of unique matchup advantages here as well. So I played some Niners here uh, at minus two and a half, or I guess before that, but I still like it at minus two and a half. We're seeing some threes in this spot as well. But personally, I think that the Eagles have kind of gotten lucky the past two weeks. Should have lost to KC. Yeah, they could have very easily lost to Buffalo. Um, and now they get a Niners team that, uh, you know, is clicking pretty well here. They're their front, their front seven defensively is really tough and will not make it easy on the Eagles, who really didn't establish an identity uh, last game until like, you know, two plus quarters in. And then they, you know, wound up ripping off a bunch of, you know, offensive plays here. But it took them a long time to figure that out against the Buffalo defense that I frankly don't think is very good. And so on the other side of the ball here, I expect the Niners offense to really push the ball downfield, expose the, per the perimeter corners here against the Eagles, who, you know, have been allowing big plays all year. We just saw against Gabe Davis last week. They're 30th in explosive pass rate allowed. Niners are, are second in explosive pass rate offensively. Uh, plus, no, you know, N'Kobe Dean and Zach Cunningham makes the Eagles, you know, linebacker core, I think, a little bit thinner too, uh, which might impact their run defense, which has been largely played well all season. But I think that this is a unique matchup here where the 49ers can basically run on almost anyone. So I think that's another edge here as well. So I like it at two and a half, uh, but uh, we'll go from there. I mean, I also a prop too while we're at while we're on this game is, was one of my favorites, Brandon Ayuk. Over 61 and a half receiving yards. I think it's just such a good play here. Um, you know, he's played well and his, his man versus zone splits are, are fantastic as well. Philly playing 32% man, which is seventh in the league. And Ike's been targeted on 30% of his routes, averaging four yards per route run, which is like elite, elite numbers. And so, plus, if they have any more volume, I think if they have to throw it all in this game, like Brandon Ayuk's just going to go nuclear here potentially. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken. It is a tremendous football Thursday, and we're talking week 13 in the NFL with our friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts and the Move the Line podcast. He's on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, let's go to this Falcons-Jets game where B. John Robinson's been able to string a couple good games together and then add what? The Falcons are performing well. What a shock, right? Give your best player the ball and maybe like you'll actually win some football games. What are your expectations for, uh, for B. John Robinson going up against this Jets defensive front on Sunday? Yeah, I'm buying high on Bijan here. I think that his over on his rushing receiving yards right now at 79 and a half is a bit too low. So the Jets defensive tackle Al Woods towards Achilles in week eight. Jets run defense is allowing four over four yards per carry to running backs and a running back to clear 80 rushing receiving yards in four or five games since that that mark. I mean, the only miss was like the Chargers running game, which I don't even know if it can be classified as a running game with how bad it's been. Where the Falcons, uh, I mean, very dedicated to the run, lead the league and run right over expectation. And the Jets on the other side are allowing teams to run the most in the league as well. We have Tim Boyle getting another start here. I think we were going to see probably a ton of runs from this Falcons team that just ran the ball f over 40 times and threw the ball only 21 times. Now, the reason that I like the rushing receiving yards is that even only on 21 pass-ups for Ritter last week, uh, Bijan had a 43% target per route run rate, six targets. They made it very clear they wanted to emphasize, like, get him into space. And when they are passing the ball, they're going to use him in that way, too. So 
I think it just gave us more outs where if, you know, they fall for some reason, they fall behind or need to throw the ball, Bijan will be very involved. But, you know, at that base there, he's going to get the ball 15, 16, 17 plus uh, times on the ground as well in a pretty good matchup. So I like that over too. Connor, I know uh, not on your list of bets, but we spent a bunch of time this week. We talked to Adam Chernoff about it last segment. And I think anytime, especially somebody like you on the bets props and, and thinks about things this way, anytime there's like an offensive like paradigm shift or like a coordinator change, like is there anything to do with that, right? So we talked about the Bills offense, I'm sure, the last couple of weeks. So they fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. The Steelers new like like new you know kind of new regime Matt Canada out and it showed last week more than 400 yards and i think betters this week are like kind of put in this really interesting position of normally i think like any, anybody smart would be like well don't trust one week like it's just one week it could just be randomness it could just be whatever but i think we're all so eager to be like maybe this is actually like a legitimate average nfl offense that could do some stuff like how do you interpret what the Steelers, I, I know you don't have any Steelers bets on your list. Maybe you haven't bet the game or props at all. Like, do you buy into the stuff that they did? Do you want to play overs on some of their players going forward? Like, could you see yourself betting the Steelers stuff here in the next couple of games? Yeah, the the Kenny Pickett props actually were originally released like 184 or something like that, passing yards. And so I took a little bit of that, didn't play it officially, um, you know, for our subscribers. But I think that that was an interesting look. Now the market's up to 196. And I don't blame blame the market at all because we're looking at a, a team that was significantly more aggressive, pushing the ball downfield. Like they were just way more functional top to bottom. And I think a lot of that has to do with getting rid of Matt Canada. Now, I am a little bit skeptical and was skeptical of like how much of an impact can you make schematically in like one week. But, you know, I think that going forward, just like in what we saw is is really impressive. And plus this match against the Cardinals, like it just doesn't really get a whole lot better than that. So I think that you could take a plenty of overs here, actually, to be honest. And the one that I was looking at too is Pat Fryermuth potentially here, I thought was unique. Um, he, you know, got really got going last week and they said schematically it was against a lot of two high coverages they wanted to exploit him over the middle and that's going to be one of the same here i mean the, the cardinals play a ton of too high uh coverage look so i think that could be an interesting look there his props around 30 yards haven't ripped that officially but it's, it's on my list to look into more before I, I play it all right connor we got about two minutes to go here so a lot of runway for you any other bets that you like coming up this weekend week number 13 in the national football league please lay them on us yeah, one I played before the show here, Christian Watson, I played under three and a half receptions, which seems kind of gross, but he's coming off like maybe the best game, uh, you know, of the season here. And he's only cleared uh, three and a half receptions in that game. Uh, and so now he places against the Chiefs, much stingier secondary. Um, like, I guess one wrench could be if, if Jaden Reed doesn't play, maybe they get him more involved. But still, I, I really think that this Packers passing game, which has been, I mean, playing really well, I think Jordan Love's been super impressive. But I think the, the major caveat is coming against pretty you know weak secondaries that didn't really mash up well with what Jordan Love wanted to do. And I think this is going to be a lot different in this spot here. So I still am not a really firm long-term believer in Christian Watson's ability to earn targets. So I like the under three and a half receptions here. Uh, we talked about Pat Fryermuth unders. Jordan Love, I think kind of the same reasons. You can play his under at like 230, 227. This is, again, being adjusted significantly higher because he was super aggressive against Detroit. Uh, and that was part of their game plan. I don't think that's going to be the case here against Kansas City. Um, another one is interesting. Tim Boyle unders, maybe I, I need like one report saying that he's going to get benched and I'm, I'm fine. I, I don't think it. he's finishing the game. I'm with you here, Connor, here in New York. I think like that's kind of the feeling also is that if he's going to be brutal, then he might get pulled and Simeon might go into this game. Right. But no one's reported it. That's what's crazy to me. Like there's no one's even like mentioned it, which is like mind boggling to me. Like I didn't think he'd make it through either, but like. I just wanted someone saying like, oh, there are rumors or something inside the building because right now it scares me. Like, what if it's just Aaron Rodgers' team? Like, what if it's just Aaron Rodgers saying, no, you got to stick him out the whole game? 
So that's because the numbers, I mean, it's low, 178. And he checked his way down to like 179 last week in like the last quarter. So it's one to watch for, for sure. Well, I mean, that, that's the problem is that the you know, Jets general manager, Aaron Rodgers, is friends with Tim Boyle. So, I mean, that might be the right. issue. And you might be, the, oh, maybe Boyle plays the whole game. Connor, we appreciate it, man. Connor's on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL, 4 for 4, Bets, Burts, and the Move the Line podcast. Good luck with the bets. I wish you good luck in fantasy, but your season's over, bucko. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Talk soon. Connor Allen joining us here on You Better, You Bet. The the Boyle stuff is crazy to me. He's yeah. right, because you would think that there would be some indication that, you know, Simeon's ramping up work and practice and Boyle going to be on it. Like, no one would be would, would fault the Jets and Salah and Joe if they were like, yeah, like Boyle's going to be on a short leash. Like, they're, they're still in theory if they win the next three weeks and like, then Rodgers could come back and they're in it. Like, you can't be right. punting games like this. Well, all the know. reporting just all opinion. the reporting this week is, is about Rodgers back at practice. There's, like, no reporting about the quarterback. Depth track. Like, is Rodgers taking reps from Simeon? Like, is that happening? That's amazing. Uh, we'll talk Aaron Rodgers and comeback player of the year in a little bit. Comeback player coming up a little later. On the other side, though, how about offensive player of the year? Tyree Kill, Christian McCaffrey, and more. Nick and Ken, P-Square, B-Square at NFL Awards. Next. Two of third and six. He's 12 of 16. Lamb the block. Oh, he's got him! He's got Hill! And they've got a touchdown! Oh, he smoked him! Woo! Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Kevin Harlan with the great line by Ken. Rick, Rick Flair is the caller analyst. Woo! On the call there. On the Tyree Kill touchdown. Uh, how about, by the way, Tyree Kill on his, uh, I, I don't know what the name of his podcast is, or maybe this is RG3's podcast. Uh, Trent Green was the. Okay. Kenny wrote Green what would Tyree Kill's podcast like, be called? Like, uh, like cheating because it's like cheetah, but he's like chatting. Uh, there's, there's met, there's yeah. a couple answers and they're all horrendous. So I'm not one of them say relates of to them. the Al Michaels call on uh, on the Black Friday game. <laughs> it's like, well, it's, oh, oh, just got married. Hope that's his wife. There's like, meanwhile, go on camera. There's a giant hook trying to get Al off the camera. <laughs> it's, Al, just, your steak's ready at halftime. Jeez, a... with 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 no vegetables, right? Um, so, they so, so, they made some sandwich for him, and he was like. It looks like it has something green in it, so I'm out. But like I'm now, it's just, just like, I, now, like what, what is happening? <laughs> and also, like he's this? 79 and like really healthy. Like, like what a great role model for the kids out there to see yeah. red meat and every vegetables, and you'll be great. Um, so Tyree Kill on this, I think he's with RG3 on this podcast, um, saying that the reason why, like he was, and he was laughing when he said it. Also, I love how like Tyree Kill's like become like a baby face over the course of his career to be like a big time heel, and now he's a baby face. Saying he left Kansas City because uh, Kelsey was Mahomes' number one, and he was like the side piece, and he didn't like that. He wants to be the number one, so he's like, you know what? I had to leave Kansas City. This was just a little interesting and or entertaining for Tyree Kill. Anyway, now he's certainly the number one to the point where like there actually is no number two. Like Jalen Waddles the two, and he's o- he's only viable when Tyree Kill like leaves the game with injury, and then like Ty Tua will throw the ball to somebody else. So Kenny, let's bring the music up here, and Ken, let's talk offensive player of the year. Where Tyree Kill is the favorite in the betting market now, a minus price to be offensive player of the year. Tyreek is minus one hundred five. Christian McCaffrey now plus one ten, and I've just wrote three more dames down. AJ Brown fourteen to one after a couple down games by his standards for AJ Brown. CD Lamb is sixteen to one, and Jalen Hurts is thirty to one. Uh, Ken, thoughts here on offense, which is likely a two-player award, but figured I'd just toss in a couple more guys as well. What do you got here for Offensive Player of the Year? 
Yeah, just the, the way the games and the performances have run out. Like, I, I bet, see, you know, like, I can everybody can pat me on the back for Dak, even though I, I think Hurts is more likely to win. Like, that, that bet's aging phenomenally, <laughs> heading into tonight's game, and we'll see what happens tonight. I also bet CeeDee Lamb for the same reason. Like, Big Price could have won Offensive Player of the Year. Dak's gotten all the headlines. He's played great, and CeeDee hasn't played very well. And so it's kind of like, it's like the way, the way the cookie crumbles a little bit, like you make these good bets. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but like felt really good. He just like, he's not going to win now. Like Dak's getting the credit. The numbers aren't there. Like, he's not going to win. AJ Brown's not going to win. Like there are six games left, but this, it feels very, 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 very centered on two players. Yes. Both could get hurt. And then like someone else would win, but like, let's have a realistic conversation. I was really, I was confident that I knew what I was going to do this week. And I teased it last week and I was like, I think Tyreek Hill is way more likely to win than McCaffrey. And Tyreek had a game against the Jets. I was like, that's a tough matchup. Like, that's a matchup at New York. Like, that's probably the matchup the rest of on his schedule that he would struggle with the most. I go, if I can get him through that game with a big game and to, for the market to hold the way it is, then going into this week, I might bet a lot of Tyreek Hill. His next two opponents are Washington and Tennessee. You can you couldn't pick two teams to have a better matchup against to accumulate a ton of receiving yards, a ton of receiving touchdowns. And I still feel that way. Like I still like this is I actually think if you have nothing, this is a really good time to buy Tyreek. It's just there's that creeping a little bit of doubt now, just like a little bit, because I was like, well, McCaffrey gets the Eagles. Like, this is the greatest set of matchups for betting Tyreek Hill you could imagine. Except, like, you watch the Eagles' defense the last couple weeks. And, like, and like uh, Chernoff brought this up. Like, now they have, like, a bunch of defensive linemen on the injury report. And you just go, man, if McCaffrey, like, pops in a big game, like, the game of the year, and they win, is he back on the radar again for this? Because, like, let's, I want to be, like, really honest with how I feel about this. Entering the games this weekend... I think there is zero conversation about McCaffrey winning this award and 100% conversation about Tyreek Hill winning to the point that Tyreek is being discussed as an MVP candidate. Who's talking about McCaffrey for any any of this? Any of it. And like like Kaylee Hardung gives a report on the Black Friday game. The entire five minutes up till kickoff is about Tyreek Hill, how he's playing through injuries in his pursuit of 2,000 yards. Where is any of this for Christian McCaffrey? Like the story of the season is Tyreek going for a record. Historic performances tend to win this. And McCaffrey's just a really, really, really good player having a good season. But like that, they're not the same thing. Like they're not even close to the same thing. But like now I'm a little worried that like, is the Eagles matchup as rough as I think it is? Or is this actually an opportunity for this to get interesting again? So a little bit of doubt. Um, I bet more Tyreek Hill this week. So I have Hill and McCaffrey from forever ago which if you didn't listen then is of no help to you, but like, this is where I'm at. So I have both and I've been like waiting and waiting and waiting. And I had CD lamb at a million to one. And it's like, all right, hold or what? And I have reshaped positions a little bit where uh, Tyreek was plus 110 in a couple places. And I bet a lot of that. And I have like reshaped it. So Tyreek is my biggest win. And I gave up some equity in McCaffrey to do it. So like, I don't win as much on him now. And like, that's how I've kind of restructured things. I, I'm nervous, like a little more nervous than I was before. And like, yeah, and like Tyreek's like, he didn't practice yesterday. Like you want, obviously like you want him to play in the game. It's worth noting, like he, like, you know, it's on the injury report with an ankle injury that he sustained on Black Friday. You want to know like, what's up? Like you want to know what's going on before you place the bet, especially if you're going to, at this point, you might as well wait and just like make sure he's telling you he's good to go in the game. If he's okay, I, I, I don't believe, like the market's telling you he's like 50%, 52% to win the award. I think he's like 75, 80% to win the award at this point. I mean, I really do. Like it's, it's to me, it's, does he play in the games? 
Like that's what you want to dodge at this point. Cause I don't think he has to get 2000 yards. I think he needs the pursuit of 2000 yards to be the story of the season. And it's like Justin Jefferson, he was chasing 2000 yards. He didn't get 2000, he didn't break any records last year. He won, he won easily. Um, I think it can be kind of the same dynamic. Nick writes in the chat. He was limited in practice today. We're just not sure. So the way I'll frame it is that puts we him get on to track weekend, to play. Obvi- puts right. him on track to play, obviously in the game. And and I think at this point, like, like what do you risk by waiting a day? What do you risk by waiting two days? Like, you know, Lamb's going to play tonight. Who cares what he does? Nobody playing tonight matters for this award. Like, you can wait till Saturday. Get all the information, right? And my advice would be like look if you're holding both like if you're like really on what i'm on (laughs) x apparently at the start of the show if you're really on what i'm on then maybe you're just like hold you're just holding because like you just win you just win just hang out and win that's like i i'm taking more risk but like you don't have to like you're in a really good spot if you bet the things we bet at the start of the year you just win like you got the winners you just cash if you want but i think especially if you have nothing though I just, I really feel, I think he's so much more of a higher probability than this percent to win the award based on how everyone talks about both players or how they don't talk about one and all they do is talk about the other one, how one's talked about as an MVP candidate, the other's not at all. Um, yeah, the Eagles game can change minds and change the narrative of the season. Sure, it can. Um, also, Tyreek Hill plays Washington and Tennessee. We're not going to be talking about 2,000 yards three weeks from now. We're really not going to be talking about that if he plays the games. We talk about it every single week. So, yeah, he can get hurt. This is not some lock. It's not 100%. I, the market price on him right now, I think I think he is much more likely to win than that. And if you have no position, I think soon would be when I would consider getting it on that. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. P-squared, B-squared, NFL awards. Just my opinion on, on this market. I, I agree 100% with you. And just like to... Just I know you said it a couple times, but I really want to just like slam this point home. Just repeat, and obviously like bet responsibly. Obviously, I would say it goes without saying, but it probably does need to be said. Like if, if people don't have any position, like like I know you said it a couple times again, but just again to really slam it home, it feels like Tyree kills a really great bet at this price. I agree one hundred percent with you. With six games left, like only six, like you're again when you when you click the bet, he could, he has an ankle injury, he has a hand injury, he could just start missing games. You can lose. My point is just, it's a probability conversation. Yes, there is a percent chance that he gets hurt. There is also like a much, much, much bigger percent chance that he plays in the games. If he <laughs> and plays go for to win the game. <laughs> right, like, like, let's be honest. Offensive player of the year goes to a player with a record setting offensive season. Christian McCaffrey is not over a thousand yards rushing yet. We're still, we're two thirds of the way into the year. He's going to be, he's going to have a great, he's going to be the leading rusher. He's going to lead, he might lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns too. He might pass Mostert. Like he's two behind, we'll see. Like he's, he's like Nick Chubb from last year. Yeah, like, or Josh Jacobs. It's like great season, all pro. You're awesome. There is zero record setting about any of this. And the other guy's going for 2,000 yards. And it's like his mission in life, and it's been covered by everybody. So from a narrative standpoint, which thing would you prefer? Yeah, they both play on good teams. Who cares? Like, that doesn't matter in this situation. So, yeah, can McCaffrey get back? And Like, if he starts going crazy here, of course, like, there is some percent chance this happens. I think Tyreek is so far ahead right now, though. And I don't think that's being expressed by this price. I like a, like there. You, your voice was dripping with disdain there when you said Josh Jacobs, and it made me laugh. And I was off camera, and people couldn't see. Well, me. We were like, he's, oh, he's, he's he's Josh Jacobs. That, well, I just loser. there's a difference, right? There's a difference between like you're a, a Pro Bowler or you're a first team All Pro or you're like the story of the season is you. Like there's a, a difference for what it's worth. The story yeah. of the season is Tyreek Hill from an offensive player standpoint. 
The story of the season is not Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think it's going to become him in six games. And I can be wrong. I don't. I think I'm unlikely to be wrong. Did you see? By because we don't have enough time to start, so we'll do Defensive Player of the Year to kick off next hour on the show, and we have a bunch of open segments. We'll get to every single award market here. Did you see the story? So when Tyreek, I forget which, maybe it was the Denver game. I forget which game it was. When they were in Miami, he scored the touchdown. Like took the the camera from the oh, cameraman yeah, and the did story. the backflip. Yep. And the cameraman got fired. Like the league fired yes. the cameraman for it. Might not, fi- uh, might not be fired. Might be like banned permanently from being from being credentialed. Might be forever for life. Uh, but the, he was banned <laughs> for life. Uh, Ty- Tyreek's paying his salary for this year. This dude's salary. Yeah. Kind of like that from well, Tyreek. They're, they're like right? friends. They were friends. Like going. That's why Tyreek. Like Tyreek scored. Saw like his friend. Because they had done a bunch of videos together before when the friend like worked for the team, so it wasn't like he's not some stranger and Tyreek like covers his salary as a good gesture. He like knows the guy. They're like friends. Yeah, yeah oh. I, like a great job, but also like yeah, if you were my friend and I got fired, yeah, man, like okay, much cover this, Mister Backflip. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I guess I feel like like I, like pay, pay buddy, like you know, like your that big contract you signed. Uh, yeah, can I have some of it? Also, like, I know this guy doesn't get to do NFL. Like, this story is great for that photographer. Like, he's oh, yeah. he like couldn't couldn't be more well known now. You know, like some like go, social media company is not like dying to like sign him to some contract now or something. Yeah, go like I, mean, I, I can tell you from experience. Do you know, do you know how much a wedding photographer? It's a guy who photograph weddings. You know how much money these yeah. people make? It's preposterous. And then it takes off, them offer like years a back to give you the photographs. Cam. As like one of your options on the wedding thing, be like, yeah, it's like, yeah, we'll like, like do a backflip with you, and you get to take that, you hold the phone, you get to do it, just like Tyreek Hill. Now, now it remains to be seen in the fine print that they will pay for your hospital bill for the broken neck. No, nah, probably to not. Make the backflip, which I, which I certainly, yeah. which I certainly would. Yeah, I mean, these, what, what a cottage industry that is. The wedding photographers, they, 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 a billion dollars, and you don't get the results for six months afterwards. Uh, more P squared B squared awards coming up next to start hour number three. Defensive player of the year kicks it off. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. 